as you are, that you would humble yourself to be born in a manger. Thank you for the reminder that all can come to you and that you are gentle in heart, that you carry the burden because you care. And so, Father God, we've come through this time of Christmas. We want to continue to be reminded of the whole gift-giving thought and idea. Prepare our hearts. Do one thing in each and every one of us today to make us more like you, and that'll be enough. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, for each and every one of you who were not able to make it to the Christmas Eve service, on the trees on either side uh, is a bunch of ornaments that are actually, uh, they were basically fabricated by somebody we know, Tom Hanzak. Um, he made them, he machined them. Uh, they say 2019 on it, God's greatest gift. That's kind of what it was all about. And so we'd like for you to take part in that. Grab one of those after service. And then uh, the Christmas Eve offering. Every year at Christmas Eve we take up an offering. Uh, and the entire offering is given away. You chose, uh, the board chose three different ministries. Project Hope, uh, Jim will have a word about that when he gives us any announcements. We gave $2,600 from here plus Life, uh, Lifeline also. Teen and, and Adult Challenge was $985. Our foreign missions for our denomination was $2,225 for a total offering with the matching money from the board was $5,810. So give it up to the Lord, yeah. Saul so Toll was pretty close with the, from Lifeline, pretty close to about the $10,000 that we were able to do ministry and help other ministries. So as we get ready to open service, I got a video for you. If you could hit the stage lights and let, there's more to this video than meets the eye. Let it prepare you for the message today. What do you think about that? Kid kind of acted like Jesus a little bit, almost like a Christian in some way, shape, or form. Christmas is over, all kinds of different ways to give. I want to talk to you today about that kind of an attitude. I want to talk to you today about non-traditional giving at non-traditional times. If you're new to a life house, there's a set of notes. Go ahead and pull your notes out or pull out your smartphone. Go to the Bible app. Go to live events. Click on Lifehouse there. Follow along with us. You know, non-traditional giving at non-traditional times, right? Christmas is a traditional time and you give and birthdays and anniversaries. I have on the top of your notes there the giving characteristic of God. Now, we often talk a lot about the different characteristics of God. We can talk about his faithfulness, and we want to be faithful. We can talk about his generosity, which we want to talk about today, and his generosity. We can talk about his graciousness, his forgiveness, and all kinds of characteristics that we want to be like. But I want to talk to you today about the characteristic of God that is generosity. This isn't the spiritual gift of giving. You don't have an out today. This is becoming like our God. In your notes, I have give a gift, and I have two passages of Scripture I want to talk to you about today. In the midst of the Beatitudes, as the Beatitudes are running down in Luke, the sixth chapter, verse 37 and 38, Jesus goes on, and he gives this little teaching, and the context is so important. He says to you and to me, just hear it personally, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, 
and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And then he says, give, and it will be given to you. You take that personally. This is for you. This is for me. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. That, that's the third time he's been personal here. For with the measure you use, maybe that's the third time, maybe I'm you use, it will be measured to you. There's a bunch of you's in there. This is to be taken personally. This is to be taken personally to you and to me. And I think as I look at that there, Jesus, I think you know, he's talking about his Father. He's talking about himself. He's talking about God. And God is not cheap. I don't know, sometimes we may think so. But in the context of what he's talking about, God is not cheap. Number one in your notes, let's take a look at five different things today. Give a gift to an enemy. Let's talk about giving a gift to an enemy. If Christmas is passed in 364 days of the year, we want to be a Christian, then one of the giving that we see God give is giving to enemies. Jesus talked about this a lot. He lets it rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus says, do good to your enemies. Pray for your enemies. And I come here and I see this. Why would Jesus tell us, do not judge, do not condemn, and to forgive? Because he wants to set us free. He wants to set us free because condemnation and judging, it's in his hands. Forgiving is what he's given to you and to me. And he says, all over the world, I show that I am non-judgmental. Because if he was, some of us would like to call God God's fire right now. On certain people and certain things. Condemnation, that, that's for him. Retribution, that's for him. Why does he tell us this also? Because it's part of life even after you become a Christian. This is part of my life. This is part of your life. Enemies, maybe we don't call them that, but just think about it. Who is my enemy as you think about them? Who is against me? Whether it's at school or it's at work or whatever it is. Jesus enters in and he talks about judging and condemnation and he says, man... My heavenly Father gives a good dose of this, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And he says, you guys do the same, most especially if it's your enemy. I mean, one of the genius things about God is, is when you give to someone that you don't like and you know they don't like you, it messes with their mind. It messes with their mind. They're just like, hmm, I give you nothing but a hard time at work and you bought me lunch? They're like, what's up with this guy? What's the matter with him? They can't figure it out, but you've just shown them the characteristic of God. Giving to an enemy reminds us that Jesus gave to us when we didn't deserve it. It also reminds us that when we give to our enemies, it makes us like Christ. We don't want to continue to carry the attitude that, you know, they're not treating me well, I'm not going to treat them well. This is giving to enemies. I'm not telling you to be bowled over. I'm not telling you to be used and abused. I'm telling you to rise up when you can and to give to those and it messes with their head. I guess Jesus knew this. But it might also do something a little deeper in their spirit. God is not cheap. Most especially when it comes to these characteristics. He's a giving God. Give a gift, number one, to an enemy. Number two, for no reason. Give for no reason. If we develop the characteristic of giving, then we don't need a reason to give. You know, I know several people, they're what I call smilers. They smile all the time. Look, I just said it and, and Jerry started to smile. 
they smile wherever they go. What does a smiler give? A smile. What does a person who's growing in Jesus Christ, who's working on being generous, and the characteristic of generosity continues to flow, what do they give? Generosity. And they don't need a reason to give it. If we have developed the the, uh, God characteristic of giving, we give and don't need a reason. Do you have anyone who you call for no other reason to say, how are you doing? Anybody that calls you or you call them? Don't need anything. Don't want anything. Is there any, are you open to the nudge of the Spirit when the Lord lays somebody on your heart or your mind? It's wonderful to pray for them, but how about a text? Hey, you were on my heart today. I was praying for you. And all of you that do that, you know how many times the Holy Spirit has been speaking in your heart and your life. And all of a sudden they said, yo, you have no idea what was going on in my life. Thank you. How about a note? How about the old-fashioned snail mail where you write a card out and, and, and you send a card, you give a card? Are you doing anything? Because these are all ways of being generous for no reason at all other than to just say, I was thinking about you. Now, if you receive anything like this, you have to ask yourself the question, let's see, I don't owe this person money. Uh, there's nothing I really have done for them lately. Why would they do this other than they care about me? They, care, they were thinking about me. They care about me. God had them on my heart. How wonderful is a gift of no reason like that. I received a note a couple weeks ago, just slid underneath my door. And as a pastor, man, sometimes you get notes you don't want to open. You know, those unsigned ones. I got a note slid under the door, just two, two sentences, just real kind words, you know. You kind of hold on to those for a little bit of time because you just never know what else is around a corner. How about you? Are you giving to anybody? People who have the characteristic of, of God and of generosity, they give for no reason. Check your heart. God gave a gift and we give gifts to enemies. We give them for no reason. Number three, when you've received. There's a time to give a gift when you receive. Folks, this isn't a bad thing. Somebody said, well, the only reason you gave back is because you received. Well, it don't have to be that way. Uh, sure, it, 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 giving is not cheap, and I don't believe when we give because we've received. When we give after we've received, we kind of perpetuate that continuous circle of blessings, that continuing circle of joy, of appreciation, of generosity. I have people in my life that do things for me that I could pay for. And they know that. And they say, that's okay. You know, we want to do it because we know what Christ teaches us to do. So we do it for you. Now, my, my role is then to do it for, I, I will give in some other area, some other place, because I get. Now, can you imagine if there was no giving at all? If we all just had the same amount of money, there was no worries, no problems. You know, everybody, there was no giving. Everybody just existed with what they had. It would, just, it would just kind of be boring. The whole process of the God characteristic of giving was given to us, was shown to us. We, we did a study a, a couple weeks ago on God and His giving and how God gave, on and on and on. It's amazing how many hundred times it's, it's in the Scriptures. But He gave it to show us, to teach us, to be like Him, to give 
most especially when we've received. Now, folks, as a Christian, what have you received? Silly question. Do you ever contemplate where you might be if Christ hadn't given you His Spirit? You ever contemplate what might be going on in your life, where you might be, if you'd still be married, whatever it might be? You ever contemplate where, where you might be if you hadn't received? You know, there are people that do things for me, and I know this is for you. They do things for me, and I could do it myself. But they want to do it. And I know you have the same thing. It puts a smile. And then there's always people who, you know, don't, don't give to me, don't help me. I, don't, don't, I, I can take care of this myself. Kind of this arrogant Christian attitude. It's like, oh, they would never receive God's grace even. I went to uh, Chick-fil-A, and I went to Chick-fil-A, and uh, going through the, the drive through you know how when they get really backed up, they send a guy outside or a girl outside? Well, this guy was outside, and he sat out there in the cold, and so I, I, think, I, I don't think you're supposed to tip at, at uh, Chick-fil-A, but I gave him two bucks for standing outside in the cold. And he's like, I, I, you know, I, I really don't want that. I said, listen, if they've taught you anything, the customer's always right, take it. He says, well, I'll put it in the, the bucket inside for the homeless. The guy, when I was going around, went inside, gave the $2 to the girl who was giving me my food to give back to me. Now, folks, I'm not going to lose this. I'm not going to lose this battle. It's like, man, I said, please, it's $2. You know, take it and put it in the, in the bucket in there for the homeless, whatever it is they were talking about. Don't be afraid to receive because it is many people's joy to give. Don't shun the grace that others want to give you as if it, we want to shun the grace of God. We need to give when we've received. It, it's kind of like sometimes, you know, uh, there are, not every one of us has something that, that we get and, and, and we just love it to death and it's just like, man, I don't know if I want to share that. You know, uh, whether it's your favorite cookie, you know, cranberry chip, Joy. Man, that's, that's addictive right there, man. You, it, whatever it is sometimes that we have, sometimes some of the really good, pristine things that we have, we really don't want to share. It's kind of like when there's a food drive, and they say, could you bring some cans of, of food in or whatever? And, you know, we, we push aside all the stuff we bought for ourselves and go way in the back. Dust off the stuff that's out of date, you know, the lid's popped on, it's got botulism. <laughs> they don't have anything anyway. You ever give away only the stuff that you want to give away? That's not generosity. That's not even our God. He gave his son, and he didn't really want to. Give some of what is special to you and meaningful to you away. I'm not talking about your kids or anything like that. But give away some things to show that you and I are like God. Give when you've received. I think we leave a lot of promises in God's hands. Look at verse 30, 38. Is this a promise or is this just a description or is this a reality? Folks, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's why I say, give some of the things that you don't want to give. I don't know what that is. That may be time for you. That may be things for you. It might be whatever it is the Lord's laid on your heart. And so I ask you the question, is it wrong to claim this passage of Scripture? 
Is it wrong, most especially the context, when you have not judged somebody when you could have? When you've given somebody a break when you could have given them a hard time? When you've not given condemnation, when you've given forgiveness? Or when you've given anything else? Is it wrong to say, Jesus, you said that if I gave, most especially in the context here, you give it. Anybody here ever not need to be judged when you've slipped up? Anybody here ever not need to, anybody here ever need forgiveness? We teach walking in holiness. That's why the Holy Spirit was giving to us. But sometimes, just like Adam and Eve, who did not have a sinful nature but were tempted and had a free will, that's the only two things you need to be able to sin, temptation and a free will. We've been given the Holy Spirit. We can crucify the sinful nature. I get that. But there are those times we don't want to come across as snobbish, nose-up-in-the-air Christians. We continue to give, most especially, and, and, and claim it. I mean, if you were given a 20% off coupon in the store, anything you bought 20% off, you'd certainly use it. you certainly claim it. I am not trying to cheapen what God has said here. But is it possible that we don't claim something like this? Because, oh, we don't want to appear greedy, and yet God is just like, I'm generous. I'm not a cheapskate. But he's waiting for us to do and to act and to say, yeah, this is what your word says. Let God decide what will be given to you, shaken together and poured into your lap, and don't forget to give after you've received. Galatians, the sixth chapter, verses 7 through 10. Other passages of Scripture, we'll take a look at two more things. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Sometimes God, people think they can manipulate God. Sometimes they think that they can kind of go or skirt around a corner. Folks, there's heaven and there's hell. And this passage of Scripture proves there's two things that drives every human being. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Here's the picture of a farmer sowing and reaping. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. That's one side. Doesn't matter what title you have. Don't matter that you're in church today. Don't matter you call yourself a Christian. Are you sowing to please the flesh, the sinful nature? Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. People think they can get away with something. People don't realize and understand morally good people aren't spiritually born, therefore they can't go to heaven. We think good people go. Good people don't go. Saved people go who do and are becoming good. Verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, looking for opportunities, let us do good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Christians are supposed to treat each other differently. Number four in your notes says, it, to me, it says, give a gift when it hurts. And I say give a gift when it hurts because you take a look here and it says, don't become weary in doing good. Sometimes doing good constantly without receiving starts to get irritating. Are you the one that does the phone calling? You're the one that you call your friends and they never call you back and think, why do I always have to do the calling? They never call me. Are you the one that has to plan and plan the parties and do the planning and stuff like that? Otherwise, your friends and family, nobody would ever get together. Don't you get to the point where you just kind of say, you know what? We're, we're not ever going to have another party unless somebody else plans it. Be careful. 
The passage of Scripture says, let's not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time. You see, when a farmer, you know this, when a farmer plants in springtime, the proper time is not a month from them. It's in the fall sometime. He has to plant and he has to wait. And the reason I say give when it hurts is because it hurts sometimes personally to be the one that always seems to be doing it. You're doing it because you're a Christian. You're thinking, where's my reward? Don't give up, the passage says. A farmer, once he plants in the spring and reaps in the fall, if he plans to have anything next year in this, in this context, he has to hold back some of the seed. He has to hurt himself. He has to hurt his family's food supply. He has got to hurt himself a little bit in order to have something to plant next year. Christians, if we want to have any spiritual harvest, we have to know that we have to sometimes take the hurt. Somehow take it, take it so much when it hurts. Are you the one that has to constantly be the one up front doing good, being good to people, and they don't reciprocate? Kind of sounds like Jesus. And yet Jesus calls us to be like him. I love verse 7. God cannot be mocked at the proper time if we don't give up. <laughs> you ever get into a restaurant and, and the, the waitress, the waiter, it's just lousy service. Gives you, the, you, know, you know, you get hurt a little bit, you get mistreated a little bit, you get ignored a little bit, and you just think, that there's no way this waiter or waitress is getting any kind of tip from me. Sometimes people leave a quarter. Really show them what it's all about. But when Jesus said, don't judge or you'll be judged, maybe we're a little too quick in judging. We don't know what their day was like. We don't know what's going on. We don't know if it was the problem or the fault of somebody in the back making the food. But who cares anyway? Why not rise above it? Why not give someone, if, you're, if we're going to be generous, why not give them a break? Why, why, why not give them uh, some slack? Give, give them 20%. Who knows? Maybe they need 30%. You're all rich. I know y'all. Y'all can afford it. We're rich in America. So keep being the one who does the calling. Keep being the one who's doing the planning, the giver, and the one who is sitting here expecting God. God has made you another promise. Here's another promise. At the proper time, if you don't give up. Don't give up. Give when it hurts, because Jesus did for you, and he did it without any guarantee that anybody in this whole world would come to him, give, and give when it hurts. Number five is, how about giving the gift of the good news? I mean, everything about us and everything about who we are means every one of us has eternity in our heart. You're going to go on forever. You had a beginning, you will have no end. Do you ever contemplate eternity? Do you ever contemplate hell do you ever contemplate the fact that many people we know will spend eternity in hell? Do you ever go to Matthew, the seventh chapter, verses 13 and 14, and find that Jesus said, Wide and broad is the gate that leads to destruction hell, and many go that way, and very few find the narrow road and the narrow gate? Let's stop putting everybody in heaven that we think is a good person. 
Do they know Jesus Christ? The one, the Savior of the world, the only Savior of the narrow road, Jesus only. Give the gift of the good news. I mean, didn't you ever put up with someone or something so you could achieve a higher goal? Haven't you put up with some people around you who aren't Christians? We get so used to being around Christians, so easy to be around Christians. We have no tolerance for non-Christians. But haven't you ever put up with somebody or something for a higher purpose? Some of you know my, my wife's family is from Slovenia. They escaped. They're in communist rule, Tito. You know, and her family came over here. All of the Slovenians hung out together. I happened to meet Maria, and the last thing they wanted their daughter to do was marry or date anybody outside of the Slovenian country, which happened to be over here in America. There's all kinds of them. 65th St. Clair down there, everybody. They got their own hall. And while they were somewhat nice, they somewhat, you know, they were rude to me. I'm 22 years old. I'm dating a girl. I mean, for four months, we sat on her front porch. I'm 22 years old. Can't hardly take her anywhere. Can't go anywhere. Let alone, she's dating an Italian and an Irishman mix. And I talk about a mixed breed there, man. Oh, Evan's a really nice guy. But we really want you to date a Slovenian you know, or somebody else other than him. You know. And I remember about four months into it, I'm driving home. I can remember as clear as a bell. I've had enough of this. I'm 22 years old. I own my own home at 21. I'm, I'm, big, I'm big shot. I, I don't need to put up with this. Four months into it, I was just like, I'm never calling her again. But she had her claws in me. And we went through three years of dating in order for me to achieve a higher purpose, a higher goal to marry my daughter. That's weird. <laughs> Surprised none of you start throwing stuff at me to marry my sweetheart. And so can I ask you a question? Do you got anybody around you that just kind of giving you a hard time? I hope so. If I had to put up with it, so should you. Don't you have a higher purpose for some of the people you work with, some of the people in school, some of your neighbors? Don't you have a higher purpose? And can't you just put up with them a little bit of time? Because Jesus said there will be these people, Matthew 25, who are knocking and crying and wanting to get in. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is where many of the people on this earth are going. We have to give the gift of the good news. We develop the God characteristic of giving so we can tell people about Jesus. We have a higher purpose. And we put up with a bunch of you-know-what. We put up with it for the purpose of sharing the good news. If people do not reciprocate and appreciate our giving, we don't stop and we don't give up because there is a place Jesus said the fire never goes out. I know that there's an awful lot of grandparents who are spending time with their grandchildren. They're spending finances and money with their grandchildren, a lot of their energy. The grandparents who had expected to retire and enjoy the golden years. But the grandparents' kids don't know Jesus Christ, and their grandkids never will hear the gospel unless grandma and grandpa tell them. I know one lady sings songs and every once in a while gets an opportunity to bring them to church and different you know 
for a greater purpose, grandma and grandpa, who are really hoping to relax and retire and just kind of chill lax, are wore out a lot because they know that there's an eternity. And they want to give the gift of the gospel, the good news, to their grandkids. Give the gift of the good news. Sometimes it's accepted. Most times it's not. But it is our call to share the gospel. It's what we do. Now, having your notes, the flip side of giving, and I know sometimes people think the flip side of giving is receiving. You know, you give and you receive, and I get that. But as I thought about giving, and as I thought about the fact that we want to put on this characteristic of God, that we want to challenge ourselves to be givers in all kinds of non-traditional ways at non-traditional times, I began to think about the fact that when we all were young, when I was young, Christmas time, all I thought about was my gifts and what I was going to open. Birthday time, that's all I ever thought about. But somehow or another, my parents always giving to me, something happened to me. I hope it happened to you too. At five, six, seven years old, I'm thinking, I'd like to get my mom and my dad something for Christmas. I'd like to get my dad something for his birthday. Now, when you tell your parents that and they're young, they give you money so that you can buy them a gift. I think the higher purpose in giving as Christians give is so that others will learn to give. And since we can just think about everything God the Father has given to us, the characteristic building of being a generous person, and it isn't about money, it's about generosity, it's about a position or a place in my heart that I want to be like my Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave without any guarantees. He's trying to grow us up that we get to the same place, to get to the place where it's not a matter of what I get. It's a matter of what I give. In your notes, I have an asterisk. You guys know it's the central point of what I'd like to pull together. What I'd like to say to you is give many different types and kinds of gifts. It will mature your spiritual life. We talk about all kinds of other characteristics. We've just come through Christmas It's the biggest giving time of the year. Don't you think we should just remember the 364 other days of the year in any way, shape, or form? Aren't you ever somewhere and your heart goes to somebody you love or somebody who is not as well off as you are? Does your heart never go outside of your own realm, your own zone? I know it does. So many of you have been so kind to so many people. Folks, You know, Pastor Daniel who's coming on January 12th, the one thing I told him about all of you is watch out for those people. I'm just kidding. I'm telling you, I told him this congregation of people have loved me unbelievable, better than I deserve. I've told him this. Don't let me down. And I said, if you love them, they will love you the exact same way. They have given to me I've gone home blessed time after time after time. The key to giving and generosity is, remember this, when you grow one characteristic of Christ in your life, it grows a lot of other ones around you a little bit further. When you become generous, it grows your mercy. When you grow in giving and generosity, it grows that grace and thinking of others and the the spiritual gifts of love, joy, peace. It grows those other ones. Think about it. It's hard to be frowning when you give unless you really don't want to give. So, folks, in your notes, 
Live your Christian life looking for times when you can give mercy. Don't look for the time when you can judge. Look for a time when you can give forgiveness. Don't look for the time when you can just give condemnation and shut them down. Look for these times that you can give for no reason and when it hurts and to your enemy. Give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Did you find it interesting that that little boy in the video that we opened, the the adult in the room, his server, his waiter, found him just to constantly be pain in the neck. Found him constantly to be in the way. Something you got to be dealt with because it's part of your job and get it out of the way. Isn't it interesting? Did you count his change? He had 50 cents. 35 for an ice cream dish. 50 cents for a Sunday. He counted it out and left the guy, if I did my math right, about 40% tip, a dime and five pennies. I would just simply say to you, no matter how anybody treats you, treat him like that little boy. Rise above it. It's not about you. It's about our Savior. You think if you did what that guy did, at the same place you go to eat every time, you might have an open door to tell somebody about Jesus Christ instead of being known as the Christians who come and don't tip? and they're grumpy, and they're a pain in the neck. Jesus, as we close our hearts and our minds today to our selfish selves, may we open our minds and our hearts to that giving side of us, looking to you, the author, the finisher, and the perfecter of our faith, growing in us every characteristic that is like Jesus Christ. The spirit of Christmas maybe has come and gone, but the spirit of generosity May it be strong in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.